Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. He's in. What a comeback. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. We're coming back to you after a victory, one that at least two out of three of us did not predict. And I think a lot of Saints fans did not predict, even as bad as the Patriots had been. But I think we found out just how bad the Patriots were when we played them this week. But um, I'm not taking anything away. A win's a win. Uh, it felt great. Got the shutout um, after probably more negativity going into a game than I'd seen in a long time. Uh, this was much needed, in my opinion. What you got on this, Nick? I mean, I agree. Um, I hesitantly picked the Saints <laughs> to win this one. Uh, That's why I go to you with, first. You, you were the one of, of faith in this one. It, it was with the least amount of confidence possible. But I think there's been a lot of chatter about how, you know, talking on the socials, about how motion and play action and all these things improve the offense. I'm not as optimistic on that, on on what happened this weekend. We ended up right around 300 yards. I think the difference was we finished drives and we took advantage of all the, all the you know opportunities that came from the defense playing so well. I still think we have a long way to go on offense if we're going to yeah. be an explosive type of offense but with that being said if we can execute like that with the opportunities that we have maybe it's the right offense for this team with a defense that once again looked like a top five defense you know last week was hopefully an anomaly a Debo back made a you know a big 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 contribution this week it looked different I don't know why I can't point to certain plays where he did certain things but the defense looked impossible to deal with Um, with that said, that's a bad offense. So maybe we don't want to read too much into it. I mean, they're one of the bottom five offenses in the league, so I don't want to get too hyped about it, but I mean, you can't be disappointed. That was probably the best performance of any team in the NFL this week. Yeah. I'm going to set up max here because there was something he he said a few times while we're watching the game and I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad take. I mean, it, it's, it, it certainly it would be a bad be take for you to say I Max have a bad said, take. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that is that is true. Uh, facts. Uh, I just learned what the fax machine emoji was thanks to our uh, Discord. Anyway, um, Max kept saying that Paulson and Debo unlocks this defense. So yeah, I, I, I think Max. Nick touched on it. You know, one of the first things he said: having a Debo back changes everything because all of a sudden Yadam. Instead of being your number two, basically, he slides all the way down to your number four, and he's really not even on the field for the most part unless it's dime defense. Um, you know, you have – let's be honest. Debo has all the promise in the world. You know, he – after Lattimore, I mean, I guess you got to say Alante. He's got the, the next most talent as far as pure talent for the corners, but Debo is right up there with him. You know, if he doesn't sit out the, his uh, last year at Stanford for COVID – um, he probably is a first round pick. So we, we managed to get him later yep. than that. And uh, he's loaded with talent and him being back, man. I mean, that's a viable, he's a viable starting cornerback in this league. 
you know, Nick and I had a, a talk just this morning. We were talking about, um, you know, if for whatever reason this season goes a little off the rails and Carr doesn't improve and you start to look at to the draft about getting a new quarterback and all that, and you're looking at trade pieces, you know, we both said if you're going that route, Lattimore would be the guy you you probably trade to get some value because you would still have Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo there as good starting cornerbacks in the NFL. Like, Adebo's good, man. Everyone wrote him off at the beginning of the uh, preseason training camp talking about, you know, Alante's got it locked up. He's going to be the number two. And shout out to Garland for yeah. calling it out in the pod we did with him where he said, you know, don't sleep on Adebo. He's like, right now, he's like, I think Adebo is the guy. Yeah. And he's the only local media guy that I can think of that had that take. You know, everybody. Well, to be yeah. fair, I think we, I don't know if all three of us talked about it, but you and I talked about it, Max. Adebo was dinged yeah. up most of last year. And people are forgetting very quickly how good his rookie year was. If he just made a small step, he becomes a top tier t- corner. And I think this year we've seen it, other than, you know, the missed games and the injuries. With with him, Alante, and Adebo, and now Yadam stepping up, it's really hard to see many secondaries that are better. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'll, yeah, I'll take I'm, it a step further and say I think the Saints have the best cornerback room in the NFL. You know, and we talked about it in the, uh, in the yeah. preseason episodes leading up to the season opener saying, you know, the Saints – have probably the strongest defensive back room. But I think over the first five weeks of the season, they've shown they definitively have the strongest cornerback room. You know, you go four deep. Like we can we can talk about Yadam and how he, you know, he's not as good as Adebo when he played and he gave up a couple of penalties and all that in the uh in the Packers game. But the reality is that dude was good and way better than anyone expected yeah. for the majority of the time that he's had to play. For your, for your fourth, fourth best, best corner, corner that's incredible. fantastic. So, <laughs> well, my whole thing is not a whole thing, but it, you know your room is good when uh, you know we we drag PFF through the mud a lot, except when they say what <laughs> we want them to say. But when they take that group and don't even have to put, post their grades, they just post how many pass defense they have. Period, and and their top three, top four in the league. You know, it's like they're PFF proof. You know, like you could just tell and and just the sheer stats, the raw numbers even yeah, you know, those I, add up. I think I saw earlier screen. that we have as many interceptions already through four or five games as we did last season. Yeah, and yeah. Th- that's something, you know, I think when we talked to Roman, something he said, why why he thought his defenses were better than this defense and that this defense is incredible, but they took the ball away. Well, we're taking the ball away, and we're, what, fourth in total defense, eighth against the run, fourth against the pass, top five and third down, red zone, everything yeah. across the board. If they're turning the ball over, it's an absolute Yeah, I agree defense. with that. And look, the defense, yeah. Yeah. if they stay healthy, and I say they, I'm particularly focused on Lattimore and Adebo in this scenario. If those two stay healthy and you can keep Alante playing the slot, you know, Yadam as a four – you got the honey badger running around. May is due back to come back from uh, the suspension, I think, this week, right? He should be back. It's either this week or next week. May, Marcus May will be back, which only makes you stronger. 
It was, it was only four game. He's, I think he's got he one more. There's only two, I believe, for the suspension. Right. Yeah. Oh, was it three? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I think so he's, he's back, back this, next week. Okay. I think he's, I he's he either back this week okay. or next week. Um, you know, and Jordan Howden played very well this week. And he, you know, we talked about him in the preseason as being that sleeper guy because if Dennis Allen knows one thing, it's defensive backs. And there's a track record, a proven track record of the Saints front office finding these guys in the second, third, fourth, fifth round that are going to be, you know, almost immediate contributors. And we're seeing that with Howden. Howden's already stepped in into a pivotal role with May's suspension, and he performed well. You know, we all remarked about how well yeah. he, he played on uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, he had himself a yeah. Game and look, the defensive Sunday. backs. I mean, that is the strong the strong suit of this defense. You know, it's not even in question. Um, the, it, it's loaded. It really is. And you know, the rest of the defense. There's a few holes here and there, um, but the defensive backs, not many, not many. Not many. It's just you're looking at age in a certain spot. If Granderson and Cam play like they did this week, I mean. Yeah, Granderson you know, in particular, they, he was lights out. They this week. looked great. Yeah, he was everywhere. He he, yeah, he, he played up to that contract well, uh, this week. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bury the lead, but I think we kind of buried the lead. Uh, how about the offense? <laughs> I mean, got some points. I mean, look, I'm I'm excited. I'm not saying it's, not. it's fixed. It's not. But let's let's start with let's start with this part of it. Okay, um, we we debated this uh, in our group text, and a lot of people I think thought it fun to say hashtag bullying works and uh you know greg rosenthal was on nfl saying wow it's hilarious that the new orleans fan base and new orleans saints media have uh hammered carmichael so much to where he's actually changed his game plan you know that that was the message going around throughout the whole day is that uh the saints changed up what they're doing they added in a little bit more motion a little bit more play action and it was all thanks to us and Corey, that's what they were saying, right? Do you that, believe that, was, that, that that was the case? I mean, on a A to B, like linearly, straight up, no. I'm only not. asking because you sent a text to our group saying exactly what I felt is that we're still not running motion. We're still like yeah, it well, looked I'll say this, to me similar. Uh, they, uh, yeah. they were running. I motion, noticed. Though. Well, let me let me say this. I was charting. Well, not actually charting, but like I was paying close attention. There were two things I was looking for in the first drive. Uh, motion before the snap and play action, and we saw both. Neither of those things happened. No, oh, the first drive, the first no, drive, the first drive, no. But in the game, yes. There's no one went in motion the entire first drive, and there was one play which was odd. It was like Carr uh, didn't go into a, a, a three a quarterback drop. He he turned like he was going to handoff, but he never actually did a fake handoff. I'm like, can you even call that a play? I was like, what did he just do? It looked like a play action. Like he reversed out, but he, his arms never went to actually fake it to anybody. I'm like, what was the point of that? But so maybe that might count as a play action. Uh, but if well, it's like, a, if you ran but, a 0.5 play action on the first drive, you know, I don't think that that tells you that Carmichael really gave a shit what people were saying. I'm not saying that that's not good. I would hope he felt that he felt some pressure, uh, or just pressure from his own damn self to get better. But uh, yeah, I mean, but it wasn't a drastic change. I, I didn't think. think so either. And uh, I think the numbers came out. It was three play actions the whole game, which is 4%, which is basically what we're doing. Motion was a little bit up. It was uh, 14, 20%. Um, and I'm not saying that that's, that means anything. It doesn't. 
this time we executed when we had the chance. And to me, that was the difference. It was, you know, looking at offense, how many plays were true negative plays where we could have done better? A couple penalties, the Olave drop at the goal line, maybe. Um, And then maybe the car throw that he shouldn't have thrown that put the ball at risk on the, on that one third down. The one that he's good for uh, one a game on one a game. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. I mean, we can't, we can't say he doesn't, he does it once a game. So, but overall I feel it was a very conservative approach, but when your defense is dominating like that, why would you put the ball at risk a whole lot? I I don't. And that, and see, see Nick, we, we were doing so well, uh, you know, during the game and then uh, and just now, but I think you know with Nick and I, it's, it's always like we're we're good, we're good, we're good. And then there's there's some fork in the road that hits, right? <laughs> and so for me, I'm like, yeah, it's okay to to stick to what works, but at the same time, we saw what the overly conservative approach is. You can't. I think we said it in the third quarter. Like, it's too early just to park the car. I don't think we have the luxury of parking the car. Just go and run, 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 run the clock out. Now, look, it it technically worked in this one, okay? And we were playing a really bad team. But ah, but I, we also threw deep ball that should have been caught. I don't think we completely yeah. parked it, but we were very well, careful about I, it. Uh, this game. This yeah, one and game, I know what Corey's talking game. about. Can I remember the exchange? And because I, uh, I want to say I said something to the effect of, like, we can't go this whole game just going run, run, pass, punt. And having these 45 second drives. And then I followed it up with, well, maybe we can in this game because this team is absolute trash. But right. yeah. yeah. And that's my point. Right. Well, exactly. I think what I said that you like, I think what you latched on there to Max was that I said, this is exactly how you let bad teams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where you yeah. and I were in yeah. agreement on it. It's that uh, yeah. it's not yeah. a good, it's, it's not a recipe for success against most teams. Now, this week, look, the Patriots are, are just fucking just headed, you know, like they're on a rocket ship towards a top five pick. Like this team is bad. Yeah. And Belichick, Belichick's headed towards the unemployment line. I think you got to make them score on you once before you, (laughs) before you worry too much. They're 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 very bad. They're really bad. I mean, come on, we're we're Saints fans. We're technically always worried, but I get what you're saying. That's the worst (laughs) team we played. And honestly, I think if they play the Bears right now, the Bears probably roll up 21 points on them easy. Well, I, I mean, after what the Bears did the last, last week. two weeks, the Bears have put up points. <laughs> one, granted, one of the weeks was against yeah, the yeah. Uh, the toothless Broncos, who, you know, I just read a little article about how um, there's word going around that they're about to go do a little fire sale and start selling off assets like they're going out of fucking business. So, yeah. They yeah. should. Uh, they should. I saw They're a screwed. headline to that effect. Which look, um, that that trade, no, I mean, the, the yeah. Peyton trade is it's about to look fucking fantastic. Where you get I mean, it's for yeah. sure we're getting a top Pretty 40 Pretty much. Pick I mean, now, unless right? something I mean, turns around drastically, you're looking at Brian Brzee, which is probably the best defensive first round pick since Lattimore, easy. You know what I mean? And it's the best defensive line pick we've made in my God, maybe since Cam Jordan in the first round. I don't, recently, we've had a lot of. I mean, no, 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 no. First round, first round. Yeah. Oh, first round. Okay. So, yeah, yeah and it's like fair. like Brazil yeah. looks special, and there was a whole bunch of talk about how much he was double teamed in this game. He's already 
what Nick and I said he was going to be in that he is the guy on the defensive line. Like, it's indisputable at this point. Like, he's making it go. You know, Granderson's probably your second best guy right now and then Cam. But Brzee, lest there be no confusion, is the guy at defensive, the interior defensive line. Yeah, we talked earlier, you know, in our season preview pod about, uh, you know, Shepard and Saunders. And and look, those guys still have their very definitive roles. And uh, in terms of a snap count. I'm not worried about snap count. I'm talking about just impact. That's what I'm saying. Like, because because like they might be on the field just as much, but the one to your to your point, Max, who stands out is Brzee. I mean, he's just and I think you, know, you hear a little bit from coaches because this was my concern about him being a rookie and and it's a concern with like a lot of rookies who have as much talent as him is that they start to lose track of like fundamentals. They start to not worry about learning the the nuances of being an NFL defensive tackle because they they're just so damn gifted and physically talented um that they can they can push through it. I mean I go um, back to what I said about Brazil so, back in April before we even picked him, you know, and saying that this this kid was literally the best player on a loaded Clemson team his freshman year. Like talent Yeah. In the national yeah, team. Like this kid yeah. for that whole season. You know, this Roman touched on that. Like this kid is special talent wise, and he seems to have the mental makeup to to you know push it even further in the pros. So look, we we struck gold with him, and if you can pair that up with a top forty pick this year, I mean Jesus Christ, that trade is just it's highway robbery at that point. So well, yeah. hold on, I'm, I'm looking at this I mean, right here, really- so. Uh, this was Jeff Nowak. I forget who he reports for, and Underhill retweeted it. Dennis Allen said part of what caused some of the pre-snap penalties this week was the incorporation of more motion into the offense. Our guys have to get to it. This is a quote. <laughs> yeah. Our guys have to get used to it. If we're going to do these things, we have to be able to execute them at a high level. So there absolutely was more motion this Did week. We right. oh, so. Okay. There, yeah, there was there was more. It wasn't a lot, and <laughs> none of the big plays came off the motion. Most of the Dude, negative plays came off the motion. But it shows so you how much steps. Nick and I have gone back and forth about like it shows you how much Nick and I have gone back and forth about motion and and Carmichael. When the first thing that came into my head when I read that quote was like Nick's going to be like, "See, you see, you can't do motion because it causes him to jump off." But I know you didn't actually think that, Nick. But it, you know, I don't. I don't think motion's bad. But if Carmichael's not good at implementing motion, why would we want to force him to do motion? Like, because uh, he's got to learn. I don't. I mean, you got to teach that old. I mean, maybe right? maybe that's true. <laughs> uh, but like, if it's going to be to the detriment of us because it's not in whatever scheme he's doing, well, then. But- here, here we are back. It didn't again, do think- anything for us, is what I'm saying. This week, it's something that probably needs to be worked on for multiple weeks to get everyone accustomed to the change. Um, I, I don't think they scrap it because we had a few penalties no. on it. Of course not. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, and he should always be trying to innovate. That's that's what OC positions are in the NFL now. It's constantly trying to get an edge and change things. And, and in theory, and in all fairness, he hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't been right. He's he's very very right. much stuck. Ten years ago, we all know that. Um, with a top five defense. If we have an offense that doesn't turn the ball over, are we going to be a competitive team all year? I think so. Would I prefer to see him get a little more innovative and try and get big leads so our defense can really tee off on people? Absolutely. Of course. We all want to see that. It was interesting to me watching it. It was it was kind of like he 
it was like a dipping his toe in the water kind of thing with the. That's innovation. exactly there what some it was. That's a great way where, to put it. It was like dipping the toes this week. Yeah, because there were some drives where you were just like, "This right. is last year." Like there was no motion. It was a run, 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 or run, run, pass, punt. And then there was other drives where you're like, "That was different." And then the one that ca- got capped off with the uh, Foster Morrow shuffle pass. You're just like, <laughs> never seen us run that shit. I mean, maybe kind of with Taysom a little bit, like not that specifically. And that's just a t- you know one small example. But like, so some drives you're like, okay, great. That's new. That's awesome. That looks really good. Or, or we're, we're plowing the way for Camara. Um, or Kendra is looking great. And then there was other plays, other drives where you're just like, it's like we just got on the field. Yeah, and you know what, though? I'm glad you touched on the Foster Moreau touchdown. That, to me, was the most exciting play of the game, just from a a, from a we have not seen that standpoint. And we ran it, and I just remember, I just was like, holy shit, that's that's fantastic. Like, that was a very creative, that was a cool, that was a great play that we have not seen them do in forever. My favorite play was seeing Michael Thomas in the middle of the field. Yes. And, and catching yes. that 20 something yarder because that's where he dominated. Oh, and yeah. Why yeah. aren't we put doing more in the middle well, of the field? Where are the slants? Where the fuck are the slants? I swear to God, I haven't seen any well, issue. It was, he I agree, but if you have those crosses a, instead, I'm good with it. It was it was like a halfway, kind of like dipping a toe in the water. It was like halfway there from whatever the hell he had him running last week, like running 30 yards up the field. Now he brought him back into like the curl route, the drag route range so maybe maybe just maybe next week you'll see him on like the true classic mike thomas slant but i'll say this i mean he was situation you know he's look he's your most he's your best i think he's your best wide receiver on the field he's got time to come back he needs a recovery and all that stuff but like he knows the soft spots in his zone better than anybody else you're going to have on the field you know when you need a first down that's your that that should be your primary target and he proved it on sunday yeah, I think I agree. So, Corey, one thing Max and I were kind of going back and forth on Carr's performance through five games. Um, Max thinks it's a bottom 10. I think it's kind of where on the low end of where I think we all said we thought he was before the season. The main reason I say that is I feel his stats are a little deceiving. I think there were four touchdowns this year that. If you're betting, you probably think we get three of them. Um, the Alave yeah. deep ball last week, the Alave deep ball this week, the Alave at the front pylon when his foot was out of bounds, when it hit him right in both hands, and then the Shahid play that we talked about would have been a very difficult play, but a very makeable play. His season could look very different right now. He, he, could, ha- he yeah. could be sitting on eight touchdowns, two interceptions. He's at four and two. He's at, I think, almost 66% completion. Yeah. Almost 200 yards a game, missing half a game. Where do you feel he's at considering first five games at a new team, new offense? New well, hold on one second, Corey. But where, Corey, where before you, you answer, though, that? let me throw in these little uh, conditional things as well. What if the the, the typical – Let me get my pen here. The typical – No, the typical bad pass that this week he threw it in the third quarter – Instead of, in, sure. instead of in Max, the second quarter right. this week, he threw it in the third quarter, which very well, hold on. Are these things I need to remember. No, no, no. I'm saying, what if, what if these go the other way? <laughs> like we're saying, what if Olave holds on to him? Oh, what right. if the defensive yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah. holds okay, on okay. to the one this week? There was a one that was dropped the previous week. 
So that changes shit as well. So yeah. well, this week this week was was a bad throw. I don't know if it was an easy catch for an. It's IT. not it easy. You know what I mean, the, the, one of the yeah. the Olave one this week, the one of the, the Olave one this week should have been caught. Uh, there was one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck the one. The one from the Titans game should not have been. That was the chokehold. Yeah, that, that one. Nick, Nick I'm not talking about that one. That's not one. I'm not counting that one at all. That one in the end zone. I'm talking about the okay. one last week where um, Antoine Winfield Jr. stuck his arm out and he didn't get his hands extended and he well, let Carr, the ball come in. Carr just, Carr just waited yeah. too long to throw that ball. I mean, he, he threw that ball 65 yards in the air. My, my point is, my point is, though, I'm throwing out there's there's two or three inter- possible interceptions that didn't become interceptions as well as the two or three touchdowns yeah. that could have been touchdowns. That's so a good point. you got to look that's, at those as well. Because I'll say this first. I mean, in terms of statistics, like what y'all are talking about on a fine point, you know, it's it's funny having a QB that's like on either side, one or two plays away from being in a different category, like a different tier of passer because with breeze, you know, cause I'm not really going to put in any of the guys from the past two years, but like, you know, breeze was good, but he, he like, he, you know, it was a death of a thousand paper cuts for the other team, you know, where, where he would end up with like 4,500 to 5,000 yards. But, um, and yeah, he had his chunk plays in the game, but he was just so consistent that you were never like, it was rare to ever be like, be like, Oh damn, Breeze was like one play away from instead of having 180, having like 250 yards passing. It was always just, you know, his game, the like the large largest chunk play Breeze ever had being like 30, 40 yards for the most part. He was always within that bubble, and that bubble was a very high yardage. So we we're never like there was never any what if with Breeze. So it's interesting having a what if moment with our quarterback here because you're right, Nick, that there's a few games where like if he's got one of those completions in each, in like two of the games, he's probably up or let's call it three, like three out of the five. He's probably up. Yeah. He's, he's into like a different category of statistics, but to Max's credit too, it's not just statistical. I mean, if you have a bad turnover in those situations, that could be the difference between a win and a loss. Um, But Bottom line for me, though, it's too early in the season for me to judge a QB based on statistics. It's that point in the year. I know we're five games in, but like it is that point in the year where you're like, he's on pace to throw for 15,000 yards this year. Exactly. Or uh, CJ Stroud is on pace to have a better season than when so-and-so won the MVP. It's like everybody's on pace, on paper, all that bullshit. But for me, it's the eye test, and it's tough because – well, when that's you, what I'm asking exactly. Because yeah, stats don't matter. Stats, it's eye test. Just, just it's yeah, give us an answer I, on the eye test. Right. Where do you feel? Where do you feel he is at compared to your expectations? Only I only say that because I think all he's three below, of our expectations I mean, overall were about the same. He's yeah, he's below expectations, but with flashes of what we signed him for. You know, because like the end of the Tennessee game, that's a flash. That's uh, a huge flash. You know, the, the, yeah, the leadership. Like when he's flashed, he's flashed real bright, like really bright. Like okay, this might just be something we have here. But, and he even said in his press conferences, Derek Carr did. Like it's consistency. What they're what we're trying to do as a team right now is be consistent. They said it through training camp. It's like stacking. They use the term stacking, stacking wins and stuff like that. And uh, it, it just it, it hasn't been consistent yet. So like again, 
I'm I'm going to relish a Saints victory just as much as the next guy. But we do have to see what we're going to do on the heels of it. Yeah, and let me say this. So there was a similar situation last season where the offense was being questioned because the offense was trash. And we uh, rolled into the Raiders game. Sean Payton was in town that week. They made a big deal about him, you know, stopping over at Saints camp and all of that. The offense comes out. Look at that. A shutout, 28 to nothing over the Derek Carr-led Raiders. And everybody's like, all right, cool. Maybe we turn the corners right around the trade deadline. You know, I think this is where uh, Adam and Ryan were talking about. Offers were coming in for Davenport. They were considering it. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? No, look, we're about to go on a run. We just won 28 to nothing. We turned it around. We're looking good. (laughs) And they followed it up the next week with a huge steaming pile of shit. So this week we played one of the five worst teams in the league. I'm not yep, for sure. at all convinced the offense is fixed. Did they look better? Yes. Was it, you know, just was it water to someone who's been in the desert for fucking two weeks? Absolutely. But, you know, is the, are the problems <laughs> fixed? I don't know. Or, you know, I think it was kind of like a charging a charging station for Nick. Yeah, Porsche. exactly. You know, but the, the reality <laughs> is none of us know. Is just if this is a one week aberration or is this a uh, the beginning of a run? It was a it was a perfect game for the situation of the game. They couldn't have played that out any. Yeah, better. but they did it the, last it week. Dominant. I mean, not they, last year, last year, same shit. They you know. Well, oh no, I, get I, it. I, I think that's not what last year. I saw that last year. I think it's distinguishable on so many different levels. If you're, if that's what you're about to say, Nick. Then go ahead. But why I, is I it totally, totally different? different? I do too. Well, because last year, like you just said, we're at the trade deadline. Okay, being at the trade deadline is a hundred percent. That should have nothing to do with their performance on the field. Else. What are you talking about? It's like week eleven. The weeks you play have everything to do with Okay, but they were crap before. They had one bright spot in a sea of shit. But okay, do you do you think crap over four games is the same as crap over ten games? No, but it's trending in the same direction. And to be honest, I mean let's say Derek Derek Carr grew for 183 yards this week. Like, you know, we ran for what, about a hundred and no, he wasn't like on the scoreboard. Like that's not a just he also threw a perfect dime for a fifty-yard touchdown. That was yeah, dropped. but that but happens again, in like, that happens in every game where someone's going to drop a pass. This is but completely different. I hope it's I think completely it's different on a few levels. I, mean, I don't. I don't know it is. Well, I only we, say we, that because it's a, a brand new personnel. quarterback who's a yeah. much better. Exactly what Corey's saying. Much better personnel. Everyone's healthy. A brand new quarterback. Fifth game in the in the system. He missed half of game that cost us a game. I think it's different than when you knew what Andy Dalton was. You're ten games in, like. Much more chance of an anomaly being in that situation than this. Like we're we're trying not to give any time for growth with the new system with Derek Carr, and he's a he's a veteran. I get it. He should come in, and this shit, you know, should just make sense to him and all that. A lot of the times, it just doesn't work that way. So I think it's unfair to say through five games that it's the same situation as that last no, year. No, no, come on, come on. I'm not saying it's the same situation. I'm just saying it's a very similar situation. And I don't know that it's completely different. I hope it I is. I hope both of you are right. And I hope is, I'm completely wrong. I hope they come out this week and put up 38 th- points on the Titans or the Texans. Here's what I here's what I think. I don't. I don't this isn't a knock on on you specifically, Max. It's it, it's a media like look at this, look at that, like clickbait coincidence. This has nothing to do you with know, the media. The this has object. to do with what my eye, own eyes tell me. No. Okay, well that's fair, but I think the only thing that's 
the biggest similarity is the amount of team is the amount of points that both teams. No, let me let me rephrase what I said. Let me rephrase what I said. Other than that, offense facing scrutiny from media and fans. Forget what week it was. Offense facing scrutiny from media and fans for previous couple of weeks. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, for previous couple of weeks, offensive performances. Okay, check check. Team comes out motivated, puts up. 28 plus points in each game, shuts out the opposing team, a bad team in each situation, check, follows it up with, yes, to be determined in this case. Now, last year they followed it up not very well. This year, hopefully, they change it and take advantage of the personnel, you know, the better quarterback, the better wide receivers, the better right. everything in theory. Um, but let's see. But that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what Nick and I, I think Nick and I are doing with the thing that, we're Nick and I are doing to you what you and Nick usually do to me. That's fine on this podcast. Look, I hope <laughs> I, Coy, I hope great. I'm wrong. I, mean, no, I, I hope I'm wrong. Funny. I really do. But no, but where we you're saying you're saying like a B I'm and saying C, my standards are Nick so I, fucking low Nick, at this point from watching a Pete Carmichael no, well, offense. Yeah, I'm trying you're to not, help you out. You're here. not going to help me. I don't need you to help me. You're out. saying I'm just telling you what I see. I'm, I oh, know you're you're big you're a big tough guy. You, no, you I mean I really yeah, I, like carry on your your, your no, points. I, I usually like, argue against, but, so I really don't need you arguing on my side, <laughs> counselor. I think Max. Oh, Max, sure, sure. Everyone agrees. I think all three of us know what we've We're seen good. is not good enough. I think what the setup this year is far better than it was. Which Absolutely. You're comparing it to Absolutely. That, but this is where I'm going back to. Yeah. I don't We're trust to- the coaches over the long haul. Now. If Kamara yeah, is going to continue to really roll with this newfound yeah. leadership role that he has embraced this offseason, look, maybe him going through the court trial, all that shit with the uh, being an asshole and punching that dude and doing all the stuff. You know what? Maybe that is finally the, the, uh, the maturity level kicker that he needed. Because by all accounts, you know, Kamara has always been a little more off to the side, too cool for school type. And now you're seeing him, he's morphed. At least over the last couple of weeks, the last week, I, I should say, has morphed into more of a vocal leader that we have not had on this offense since Breeze has been here. So now, you know, Kamara yeah. stepped up his game and look, his his actions on the field in the last two weeks have backed it up. I know his average per carry wasn't great this week, but there's a noticeable difference. And Nick and I talked about this earlier today. There's a noticeable difference when Kamara touches the ball. Than when Kendra Miller and Tony Jones touched the ball. Oh yeah, I said it in one of our texts, like, or maybe I tweeted it out that uh, Kamara just looked like he was running angry, you know. And you see him run smooth and fluid and solid and fast and all that stuff, but like I've never seen him actually. I mean, he's had great angry runs and he's run over guys like Keekley and stuff in the past, but like there was a, a third and seven or something or second and long. He got a first down. He had like eight yards downhill of steam and sometime in the third quarter. And the way he finished off the run was like he, like someone just well, killed Well, there were one or, or two something. plays where I mean, we were all like, that's the Camara alien shit that we've seen in the past. Yeah. Well, the one where his foot was hanging right. over the boundary and he still twisted back in. Uh, it was a pop pass that, and that's a, the difference between not saying the Bucks or anything, whatever. But they have a decent defense. But like we threw the same pop passes against the Bucks, and they just sniffed it out and tackled us. The same exact pass against the Patriots, and maybe Carr and AK worked on it a little bit more in practice this week. I mean, hell, this was only their second week of regular season practice together. Something I just to think that's that. But uh, but but you know, like it was the same pop pass, and he actually. 
Yeah, but you know what though? I I don't think that's more. I don't think that's a product of the defense they're playing. I think that's more a product of AK just being like, I am not going to be tackled on this play. And he did one of those just freakishly, you know, crazy plays that he is known to do, like the Keekly one, where Keekly has gone on record and I hope you're right about that because it's there's there's no way that guy, there's no way he scores on that play. And we all know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, because it's a control control what you can control situation like we can't control what the other defenses how well they're going to play but alvin kamara can control how well alvin kamara can play so i like your scenario yeah <laughs> but i guess my better. original point yeah, is like, like we're seeing this year kamara step up in more of a leadership role and i know nick's an- yeah. nick's answer and everyone yeah. in the text is always like uh, punch somebody prison this prison that but it's like kamara's stepping up you know he's 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 talking to talk and he's walking to walk as well. I, I'm I'm all for him st- stepping up. My point was calling people out after your one game back from a suspension is a little much. I don't me. mind it. I don't I mind somebody else to do it on that team. Yeah, but like if anyone it's can him. call anybody out on this team, it's it's fucking Alvin. He's like one game back of suspension. It, he said a it's freaking, hard though when you when you just. Sabotage the team partially Dude, they, from stupidity. Yeah, but none so, of those like, guys have an issue with well, that. Well, they that's, all know that like, that's the guy. Like him and him and Mike Thomas are the guys on offense. Like there's shit. Somebody. Well, some, the one thing I'll say is it's been two years since we've seen him not sprint for out of bounds, and it's very refreshing to see him try and finish runs this year and put his you know get his pad level low and try and get those extra couple yards because the last two years. You know, Max and I talked about this extensively. It seems like he's just looking to yeah, avoid and contact. It, and he was. Year, I think he's kind of. So he, no, he's, he's had his moments where he's gone out, through the motions, as Chris Olave did last week. You know what I mean? And it's like we've given AK all kinds of shit, but it's the same thing as like me giving Zion shit when we're we're going through text messages about you know he needs <laughs> to do this, he needs to do that, and you'll say, well, he's young, you know, he's going to get it, he's getting it. And the reality is you're right in that respect in that, yeah, he just turned 23 and it looks like the maturity's kicking in for him. AK, he's what, 27, 28? You know, maybe this arrest, this arrest was the fucking catalyst that he needed to open his eyes and be like, you know what? Fuck, I got to focus on this. I got to be doing what I'm going to do. I got to take care of my business. And some of these guys, it takes longer than the other ones, you know, and uh, Olave, like, it's only fair that we give him the same treatment when we're talking about him loafing and taking plays off last week. And to his credit, you know, I said this on the last pod, to his credit, Olave came out and said, I had friends of mine call me out for doing that shit. I can't be doing it. So some of these guys figure it out sooner than the other ones. You know, maybe AK's that guy that, hey, look, he's 28, and now he sees himself at – he looks around the room and he's like, you know what, there's no breeze here anymore. And Sean Payton's gone on record saying that, aside from breeze – AK is the smartest player he's ever coached. So he sees the shit on offense, you know, that these other guys aren't seeing. And they're looking around and no one's stepping up. And AK is the guy that says, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to be the alpha in the room. I'm going to step up. You know, Mike's game's been always been more go out and show it as opposed to talking. But you're seeing these guys talk a little bit more. So maybe that's, look, it's a great sign if it is that. And they're both stepping up into the leadership roles. And we all just assumed that this was probably their last year with us, I don't see any way you cannot have him on the team next year, because there is no. I mean, Carr, yeah, vocal leadership. He's saying the right things, but fuck, you got to perform at some point, like really perform. And Mike Thomas, when he plays, yeah, pretty much always performs, as we talk about. 
AKA for the most part, you know, there's been a few lapses here and there where he might've been going through the motions, but this year he's brought it both games this year. He's run hard as hell. He's made some good plays, you know, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a really good sign that he stepped up in the leadership, a vocal leadership role and he's leading by example as well. So. I think you can question a lot of things about Carr. I don't think no, I'm, I'm not questioning his leadership. I'm just saying he has to perform on the field to back it up. Yeah, it, he's got execution. Be yeah. He's got to execute better. This week was as, as great, QB. I think, um, and I agree. He hasn't been statistically, especially what we thought we were getting. But again, I keep going back to that pod right before we started the season, and we all said, every one of us said this was minimum three to four weeks before we see what we have offensively. I still think we need to wait a few more weeks before we think we can't be an offensive team. You know, I don't think we got a lot out of this game on the offense. I agree with Max. Like, I don't think we learned anything from our offense. It's an offense that finished in the red zone this week. It's the first time we finished in the red zone. So the points went up, but it was not a, it wasn't a, you know, we had three plays over 20 yards and one was a screen pass. I mean, this was not a, you know, great offensive no, performance. There was, was a lot solid. of meat left on the bone. Yeah. We didn't, yeah, we didn't light up the scoreboard, but it, I think, and because I kept going back through it in my head, I think we at least learned that. We learned that they, they won't quit. We, exactly. And, and we learned things on a more like 30,000 foot level than, you know, we didn't learn that. Kendra Miller can run really fast. We didn't can, learn by that. The way. <laughs> oh, Foster Morrow, I mean, he can, but no, we've already no, learned. Can. We've already learned that. But we've learned. I think we learned that. In my, you know, my opinion that they were willing to change it up, even if it's only on a few drives. Like not every drive of the game, not every play of the game. Um, we learned that Carmichael, or, and we talked about this in our text too. It's not just him. I mean, yes. He's the guy, the buck stops with him on the offense. But you're talking about an NFL team, you know, that has so many people on the payroll besides a one singular guy at the tip of the iceberg. So I saw some changes. I saw I was willing to, like I said, like dip our toe in the water with a couple of exotic plays, like a shuffle pass. Like, sure, they were mixed in with like run, run, pass, drives in between. But there was at least a willingness to, to try the other stuff. I think we learned that about this particular team because last year I didn't see a team and we, again, we're going to talk about it ad nauseum, but I didn't see a team that even tried to do the other stuff. It's like, I know you didn't have the personnel last year. I know you weren't trusting of your guys, but there wasn't even an attempt to do it differently. At least what I learned in this game is that there was an attempt to at least give it a shot. And maybe we saw some things that worked, saw some things that didn't work. And so we can kind of, you know, parse out what we can carry forward uh, into games against maybe better opponents. Yeah. But I would say like, I agree. And what we learned most is that there's a lot of players on this team that aren't okay with those last two games. Yeah, There were a lot of players that gave a shit this week. You saw it. You saw Cam's performance jump up. Granderson's jump up. Mike Thomas jump up. Kamara yep. was the same as last week. You know, he was he was playing inspired. There were a ton of players on the field that just said, we're not good with that bullshit that's, yeah. that you've seen yeah. in the last couple of weeks because we're not okay with it. But did, didn't AK even say that in his press conference? He's, he's like, we've got too many damn 
good people on this team to, to be a shitty. I mean, he, he, <laughs> exactly. said, he also said he said, "I'm and, not a loser. And we're not we're not going to play losing football." Yeah, and then and one of them, Mike Thomas, I think it was earlier before the game, like, "Don't get used to this. This is unacceptable." And and some people might say, "Oh, talk the talk, whatever. Like talk is cheap." But here's the thing: in the NFL, when guys really don't give a shit, like when guys are really checked out, they're not saying it on that level. You know, like they might be given the the answers they know they have to give like i don't know p carmichael saying i gotta do a better job or like da saying yeah we're working hard to get this fixed like again um not saying they're not because you know it's different but but when you see players that are really checked out they are not saying the stuff that our guys are saying like i i believe them i mean obviously biased but like i like to hear well, that i believe the performances I, I didn't, you know, I'm not going to take anyone at their word on this on this team, the players, because people say what they're supposed to say. I believe I the believe performances, it. and you see it with Mike Thomas, and you see it with Kamara, and you see it with everybody else, yeah. the guys that didn't say anything and just came out and played better. Well, I believe that they, that they gave a shit. I think that the NFL is one of these leagues where when the guys really don't give a shit, like, they're not coming out there and saying stuff, you know, in unison. Like our guys were. Yeah, but most of them, you got to realize, it's like, what did Marshawn uh, Lynch used to say? I'm only here so I don't get fined. Like, those guys have to get. No, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. To. So 99% of them are going right. to get up there and give lip service no matter what. There's only like two. There's yeah, only like 2% point. that are going to be like, fuck this. Like, but, I outwardly don't give a shit. No, that, but, but that goes to my point. Like, the guys that give a shit are going to get up there. And talk about no, giving a shit. No, you're Whereas missing the point. The gun, I said everybody gone. has to get up there. No, the everybody point. has to we, get up there and say we, that. They they don't have to say it in the way that our guys have said it. A lot of they have to get up there and say something. Yes. Who did you hear from this week? You heard I from Kamara and Michael Thomas. Who else did you hear from? I'm more I'm more leaning with Max on this. This was the joke I was making about yeah. Tomlin this week about, you know, we were talking and him saying there's going to be massive changes. Well, guess what? They came up with the same exact starting lineup. There was no massive changes. It's sometimes you just got to say yeah. shit in the press to not look stupid because they force you to talk to the press. I think when you see them come out and their passions there and clearly the play showed that they care, then that exactly. really means something. Well, it's nice to see you. Well, that's where we overlap. It's, it was corroborated by. There the you go. That's it. better. Right. What you originally said was not correct because literally 98% well, of the NFL is going to get up in front of a podium and just fucking just spout out the same cliches that everybody else says because they have to or they're getting fined. There's only 2% of the people who will well, outwardly think, be like, you know what? I don't give a fuck and just walk off the stage and not say anything. You see, I'll leave it at this because we could go all night. I think our guys <laughs> did true. the two. Did the two percent in the other direction? They didn't. Their answers weren't particularly cliche. I didn't think, and they were in the positive, like just watch me on Sunday kind of direction. You know, they didn't just say, uh, "Better, you know, play better next week." And uh, you know, as a team, team. It's but that's because we, yeah, won. yeah. The, yeah. the, the only one who didn't fall into no, cliches I mean, like, was Alvin Kamara. Cam, uh, Cam gave his same usual, and I, we love Cam Jordan. But he gave his same usual 24-hour rule, get back to watching film the next day after the fucking embarrassing loss the week before. It's the, that's the shit that happens every week Yeah, I mean, whenever we lose. AK's yeah. the only one who got yeah. up there and said, you know yeah. what? Anyway, This is loser shit. I'm not a loser. And Mike Thomas said, we're not getting used to this crap. Those are the two. Those are that's the only two 
They got up and said it that way. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, no. You made it the whole group did this. They were the only two. No, I didn't didn't say the whole team. team, They were literally the only two. So, and they backed it up. Yeah, no, but I but I like even seeing two of them. Anyway, th- th- this this point is not worth going on for that long about. Um, it whatever, whatever happened, happened worked. worked. Yeah. Let's just be honest. That exactly. was a dominant as a performance as any of us could well, have hoped for. I'm, I'm glad we brought this up because I meant to bring it up in the beginning. But you know what I really think made the difference on Sunday? And it came about a little bit before 10 a.m. on Sunday. And that was when we posted uh, – Coach John O'Barnes's pregame speech to Twitter, and I think I think the team played it in the locker room. You know, they were clearly amped by our last uh, guest appearance on the podcast. On the podcast, you know, um, so I think I think that's what did it. You know, some some might say maybe not, but my point is uh, we didn't mention uh, John O yet, but that was got to thank him again for coming on. Uh, well, if we got to do three pods a week to keep winning, I'm same for it. Same. <laughs> I was about to say. I'll listen to all Corey's bad dad jokes. Texting with him after. All we have to do just to get the wins, we can do it. Well, no, no, I don't. Uh, I'm confused. I don't have any bad dad jokes. They're just dad jokes. Perfect no, dad jokes. Bad jokes. I guess I'll take the dad. I mean, I'll take the dad, dad part jokes. out of it. They're just bad jokes. <laughs> that you just you didn't take you, you stumbling over no. there. You upset him. You upset? Apparently, me. I did. No, I just, you just changed the word. Just there's no dad joke. That's a bad go. joke. Come on. All right, this has been the best week of the year, yeah, though. So let's real. be honest. That was the best game. It was relaxing. We we had it, you know, controlled kind of from the jump, and we just got to watch us pummel them for four quarters. It was awesome. Yeah, I could I could care less that it was a bad team. No, yeah. and that's the best point. That's the best that. point of this. It doesn't matter who it was. It's a great win. Just take it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you beat a bad team badly. You know, that's what you're supposed exactly. to do against a bad team. If it was a one point, eh, then maybe that's I think it was, what we say when we were texting, the biggest uh, home shutout loss in the history of the Patriots. So that's, well, yeah. don't take it lightly. And there's also, so that's, that's, well, there's my, also, my, I think Lance Moore tweeted it, where it's like, people just need to learn, you know, accept the win. It doesn't matter who it's against. And Corey, you just touched on it. You know, take it for what it is. It was a dominant win. It doesn't matter who it was. It's the NFL. They're all paid professionals. You're not playing high school teams, and they're all good. Let's you know what honest. I mean? It's like they're all professional I mean, players. So it's it's a whenever you can shut out a professional team thirty four to nothing. That's a monumental. That's a monumental achievement. No matter how bad said team is. Yeah, I, and I, I had this thought too. For every for all the, and I'm I'm gonna go crazy and actually like put myself in the shoes of, of Pete Carmichael. I know I'm going to get lit. No impersonations. No but let's just say, please. look, let's just say he actually reads the papers and he is like, shit, I've really kind of fucked this up. Um, what better way to turn it around if you're him than against Bill Belichick? You know, I mean, I know he's not the same Bill Belichick and he doesn't have the, the right players and he certainly doesn't have, as everybody knows, Tom Brady. But, you know, one of the most storied defensive coaches in NFL history, and, and you, this is your one week. Because if, if Carmichael came out and laid an egg, it it could have been curtains, you know, or at least it could have been the beginning of, of like, really actually being curtains for him. And so if you're him, and I'm not saying that he's my guy, he's not, but silver lining for something on his end, which people don't really talk about that much, is like, I mean, you had to get it, and you got it against Belichick. I mean, I and think that's, I think that's something he can hang his hat on. We talked about this in the last pod. Like, 
we stopped him from getting his 300 win, and we're notorious for going on record as the team that gave up something. So, the thing that was not on I my bingo it. card was thinking, you know, there's a record to be had, a significant record to be had by another team, and that the history would be the history made would not be the 300th win, but would be the largest margin of defeat in Patriots history in Boston. I have a feeling uh, Bill's going to be chasing you know, a 300 win for a while after watching them this week. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he gets the record? That's a, Dude, that's a good question. Know, man. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead I'm going to go ahead and stroke your ego on this. No. There is a very strong argument based off of the last 2 to 3 years of Tom Brady made Bill Belichick everything he is and Drew Brees made everything Sean Payton is because these two are two completely different coaches without those quarterbacks judging off of the last you know, this year with Peyton, granted, the sample size, it's really small. So I guess one full season without Breeze in New Orleans and then uh, five games this year. And then Belichick oh, yeah. with what? Now this is his fourth year without Brady. And then you factor in the uh, Cleveland years before Brady. Man, there is a huge fucking argument that those two quarterbacks made those two coaches. Yeah, pretty, I mean, I would, I would me, say I argument. And, you know, if... If I was put my my uh, if I was walking into work and put my lawyer hat on, I'd feel pretty damn yeah, good about that. Yeah, case. like I, I <laughs> you know, in retrospect, like, that's because that's compe- well, yeah, there's exactly. evidence. Like, like in hindsight, like looking looking back at our predictions from last week, I'm like Jesus Christ. You know, I think we gave Bill entirely too much credit. You know, he he, God, he looks just like a broken old man at this point. Like that team did not look well. Well, his strong has always been special teams and defense. Yeah. Like that's his calling card. He's a former special teams coordinator and he's a former defensive coordinator. The defense got pretty much rolled over by a questionable offense coming into the game. The special teams looked atrocious. That you know their punter was just shanking shit left and right. Lou Headley looked like Thomas Morstead across the field from that guy. Well, it's 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 it's, it's, it's tough to put on Bill as a play caller because i mean yes tom brady's offense has helped out his defenses by you know time of possession all that good shit but you know his defenses were still pretty fucking stout they were aided obviously by you know the second greatest quarterback of all time next to breeze but um you know it's uh but no you're right i mean i think it is twilight whatever version of bill belichick i think you're right i mean we gave this version. I'm, of him I'm, I'm inching my way towards the Bill Belichick. If he never has Tom Brady, that isn't close to 200 career wins right now, much less 300. This is it's, it's, Max it's is hard to argue against that. So many times for me, and it's when you have a quarterback that's that level: the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. If you have them for a decade and you won one Super Bowl, you failed as a head coach. In my opinion, oh, that's a that's a hard. If you, if no, you I, agree with him. I agree with him. No failure. I agree with him. You that's have a fair a, statement because it's <sighs> it's such an impossible thing to find, Corey. It, it's so hard to find something that can that is you know every freaking game that that dude's going to dominate, and it's the yeah. most important position. And I, look, we all love Sean, no doubt about it. But you know him, McCarthy, and Green Bay. It's they did neither of them even made a second Super Bowl, and I, let's be honest, we got screwed out of one. We all know that. Um, but I feel like if you came away with one in fifteen years with Drew, 
that you probably didn't perform to the top of your ability. That he's too good to have only gone to one. I, I agree with that, and it's the, the same, same thing with Rogers. Do you not well, see no, a difference? On. It's between, the same thing with Rogers. Like McCarthy failed to only have right. one title with Rogers. Peyton failed to only have one title with Breeze. You know, it's you're looking at. He's look. He's spot on with it. Like I watched the Packers game tonight, the whole game. And then this, this quarterback, this just, coach, uh, I forget his name, uh, the, the Packers coach, who has LaFleur, whose who start to his coaching career is, is fantastic record-wise. And it's a direct correlation with him having Rodgers as his quarterback for, I think, what, three years of that. You know, and you watch the Packers play right now, and it's a totally different team. I watched Jordan Love throw three bad interceptions tonight. Like they, it, it's it's criminal that this team beat us, and that's four years yeah. in that system. It's, it's four years. It's embarrassing that our team blew a seventeen point lead to this Packers team. I know, Coy. I know you didn't watch the game tonight. You were doing other stuff, but to watch this team, it is fucking shameful that we blew a seventeen point lead to this team. They scored thirteen points on the Raiders, dude. They scored thirteen on the Raiders. I saw everything I had to know about how bad the. Packers were against the Lions. I know the Lions are a lot better than the Raiders, but like, but it, it's just tough. Look, and this doesn't move the needle for Saints talk, but hey, we're here. Um, I don't know that it's context can, for Saints context, talk, though, because yeah. of we're Brian talking about up. how like we failed okay, Breeze. Fine. Breeze, one title is a failure to Nick's point. It's an absolute failure. No, you can't say no. Corey, I, look, we will I'm, never I'm see another say, quarterback like Breeze. Never. Okay, but or in but New Orleans, the, the word failure, it's a failure. Failure is. No, it is absolutely a failure. A failure. 15 it's, it's years is a good. failure. Look, he should great. have at least two, probably three. We get, did, we, did we win a Super Bowl? Are we Super Bowl champions? Well, Can we say no, that? No, that's 15 years Again, ago. We're not Corey, Super Bowl I, champions I, anymore. But you don't we, want to say yes because you know that that's not if, – if you win a Super Bowl in – I don't – go ask go ask John, uh, not, go ask Dan Marino if he thinks that Breeze's time with the Saints was, was a failure. But it wasn't one coach, one system for 15 years, Corey. Yeah, like, I think you have to look at have that. To but, say I mean, that. But it's fine if you said you said it, Nick. You said not playing at the top. It's not at the top of your ability. It's not, um, you know, like it's absolutely underachieving. But I mean, you would be hard pressed <laughs> to find a real a, a Saints fan that will tell that has watched the Sean Payton era and say we didn't fail Breeze in some level, whether it was just historically bad defenses. But see. My problem with using the word failure is that we love as fans to throw around hyperbole. Like it's that's not hyperbole, you know, though. Okay, uh, discount cards. It I, is I, hyperbole. I you had a top ten quarterback of all time. You got one Super Bowl. That's a failure for, for, for a decade, decade fifteen years. But I mean, like, I don't think it's. Look, like, we're not going to call good. it complete Obviously, failure. it's not, not a complete I, failure. But it's also well, we failed him. Well, what other kind of failure is there? I mean, is it? But, did you, are you pregnant? Are you more pregnant? You more dead? No, failure is failure. You failed him. He didn't no, fail. He won a Super Bowl. Him. That dude. The Saints did That's not crazy. do their job for Drew Brees. And I agree with what him. I'm trying to say. It, okay, so they didn't do their job for every year except for the year he won a Super Bowl? No, he's I not th- saying that, Listen, Corey. I, I mean, what, what are you talking about? What you're seeing about? as Sean Payton as head coach, what you're seeing <laughs> yeah, right they now, were, Corey, he, they underachieved, the but it's same, hard in they, the NFL. He has zero regard for defense. Okay, zero. He did his whole time here. So it cost Drew Brees – Five years of his absolute prime because he just didn't care. He never gave Breeze receivers. He chose to spend money in other places. One was very smart, offensive line. You know, you talked about how good those offensive lines were in the Super Bowl year. I agree 100%. 
but he never he never spent money on skill positions. Defense was an afterthought, and that's why okay. we don't have more Super Bowls. So that's let me, a let me head coach's. The only year we didn't fail him yes. was 2018. The uh, the fucking no call. The the league the right. league so failed you. us. Correct. That's so do you all have any other grades between A and F? No, we do. Yeah, that's why I said it's not complete failure, yeah. but Drew Brees deserved to be in more Super Bowls and played well enough to be in four or five Super Bowls. Corey, so where I does, believe that. So what is the difference between failure and complete failure? We just laid it out for you. No Super Bowls so is hedging complete failure. There you go. <laughs> Zero <laughs> Super Bowls is complete failure. There, there okay, so Falcons equals complete failure. Let we me can ask all you agree this. on that. So let's How just, many let's quarterbacks... Here's a good way to phrase it, Corey. How many quarterbacks better than Drew Brees went to less Super Bowls than Drew Brees? And that, that's that is a, a good question. I think I think Dolphins fans would say Marino, um, and I think that's fair to at least mm-hmm. put in the conversation. I, I, you know, I don't think his circumstances were as good as Brees having the same coach for 15 years, so you can kind of pin it a little bit more on Peyton. But I agree that that's some that's people, in the conversation. People, but who some, else? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of truthers about Philip Rivers during at no, least his false. prime. Not close. I don't think he's close. I don't think he's close to Breeze personally. Just skip to the next person. I think of anybody who skip to the next person. We don't need to debate Rivers. Yeah. We're talking first ballot Hall of Famer level quarterback play. Who's been to less Super Bowls? Okay, Marino, I'm giving you. He was first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not arguing that. That's at least a case that can be Marino's made. probably it's a the tough one. Pull. It's a tough pull. It's a tough pull. Yeah. Marino's the one. So I think I just, I'm, it's not, just I'm not pinning it all on Peyton. Don't get me wrong. Think, I'm not. But I think we're arguing semantics really, because like I, I don't like the word failure in those situations. I think it's I think it's hyperbole. Y'all don't. We've established I just think that. it's unfortunate for Breeze's yeah. legacy because he was a better player than he will be remembered in the full hey, look, NFL circle. In New Orleans, he will and always be point, If Breeze makes think, it to hold on, if Breeze makes it to like three Super Bowls. You are there's a valid argument that he is in the top five, no question, quarterbacks ever. Like, think if he wins two and goes to three total. You're talking about Breeze, and he's second in every record, if not first, depending on uh, Brady overtook. You're talking well, at that point, Breeze is probably two, three, four in the in the QB rankings. And then as of right now, as it stands, where do with we put just the records? He's basically he's, he's Dan Marino with one Super Bowl. Well, not saying he was. It has talented, nothing to do with talent, Corey. Nothing. This has to do with statistical output and winning games. So if the, the narrative changes, if he wins right. another Super right. Bowl so or if he makes you, it to three or four total, I think the narrative changes if he wins another one. If he just makes it to other ones, there's guys who have followed that pathway, like Jim Kelly. Kurt Warner. And, yeah, there's a few. You know, and not saying that Jim Kelly's not a good quarterback, but like no one's being like, oh man, the NFL just wasn't the same after Jim Kelly. He just he just really sent a shockwave through the league. I mean, I mean he went to four and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But, yeah. No, he's look, he's great. He's he's he Hall, made four Hall straight Fame, Super Bowls. That is that is top the five. most insane statistic I, I can freaking think of right now. You make it to four straight. But I don't think it but do you put him God, in top no. ten of all time QBs? But the no, problem is, the problem is, Breeze, who should be in the top 10 with no question, is not going to be in the top 10. Eh. I, listen, if you're in New Orleans, he's for sure a top 10 all time. 
in the NFL, if you go to random town, no one's putting him in the top 10 all time. And he Stafford's, is top 10 of all time. Stafford's going to catch record. him on some of these records. And he has a Super Bowl win. So he's going to be... He yeah, but you know what, though? He's still going to be <laughs> looked at as his equal. By most people. No, no. No. When you look at the end, the end result of the statistics and a Super Bowl, Stafford's going to be a notch, a, a, a bear, a small notch I below Breeze. Look, he's going to have it. If, if the Stafford's stat want to like but, you know go to the whatever kind of websites they get, I don't think you truly grasp how good his career is stats wise and what it is if he plays just until he's like what was it, Nick? Thirty eight. It's excellent, but but Drews is Stafford. Drews is you know I love Stafford. Yeah, you're not giving him enough credit. Of course, I love Stafford. I threw I threw a football with him on the beach at spring break. He it was a random total meetup, and uh, you know he was like, "Oh, is this an NFL football?" All right. So anyway, so Nick, really drop the uh, stats like, on him here. You know, <laughs> Max Max hates when we uh, no, talk about it. No, Stafford Stafford's career, but, he won't catch Drew in any major stat, but he's going to be top five all time in yardage, and I think he'll probably finish top seven in touchdowns all time. Yeah, massive career. Drew, it because we are a small market. Let's be honest. Drew will somewhat be forgotten about how great he was, in my opinion. Now, if he played in New York, I don't think that. I, I think he would mm-hmm. be considered a top ten all time if he played in New York or or even Chicago or, or like just a bigger. Well, it's the Joe. It's the Joe Namath he syndrome. Needed, if he plays in a giant market, he's going right. to be remembered better than he was. He'll be elevated yeah. for no reason, right? Drew Brees was a is absolutely a top ten of all time type but, of player. Do I think he'll be remembered as that? No. Only because Agreed. of where he played, and I think if he made a, a two more Super Bowls and maybe won one of those, I think yep. that narrative would be different. Agreed. That's all I'm saying. Thousand percent. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're saying the same shit. Um, okay. Getting our bearings back here. We've uh, we've gone a lot of places tonight. It's been fun. It's been a good topic. Been a, well, good. Well, good it's much happier yeah, week than last week. So <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, I like. Yeah. So we're now. Yeah, like an hour ten into our. 30 minute uh, recap episode going for it. Uh, you know, well, we went two hours and 15 minutes the other day. Uh, so whatever. Yeah. So, um, let's circle back. Okay. Big win. Any other, any other big takeaways from, from this week before we close it up? Only other one I have is offensive line looked now again, how good is the Patriots defense? Who knows? But the offensive line finally looked like a normal offensive line. So, if that's what we have going forward, I think the offense has a chance to improve. Um, hopefully it's not just because it was the Patriots. Yeah, for me, I'll say yes. I'm uh, cautiously pessimistic about this one because of who they were playing. <laughs> um, I'm not there yet. Well, I think we I, we definitely took some steps yeah. forward. I just want to see how big those steps actually are when I see us – do you think we can win like that the rest of the season? I think it's a question. With a defense like that allowing obviously zero is not going to happen. That's that's an anomaly. But let's say they're scoring 16. Do you think you feel better about the way we executed that we can get 20, 23 points a game and and that defense can keep most teams in the teens and win a bunch of games? If if, so if the guys that we uh, touched on earlier, Adebo and uh Marshawn stay healthy then yes, I feel confident that the defense can hold most any most offenses in the league, not all of them, but I would say, you know, 80, 80% of the offenses in the league we can hold to in the teens. 
the problem, the question becomes, can we score above that? Like, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm asking. I don't Do you know think yet. we can playing like that on offense? Meaning executing on third down, red zone, you know, not being flashy, but can we, if we were to execute when we have our chances, I think we shake out as a mid-level playoff team still. Like I think we all predicted if we play like that. Now, can we reproduce that against better teams? I, think I don't we think we can. I don't think we win a playoff game if we're just doing what we did last week. I think we, I think One we maximum. I think we need right. to do we need to be better than that. Better than beating up on this. If you're going to beat the yes. Niners or the Eagles, you, you better yeah, be Yeah, you're not you're not coming 100%. close to sniffing beating the Niners, the Eagles, hell, probably the Cowboys too. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not beating oh. those teams with that effort. Are you going to Dak might throw us four though, That's bro. a good point, but uh <laughs> you know He's we're not going to like our defense. I can tell you that. But we're, we're not going to like yeah, their defense. We're really either. not going to like their we're defense. Five, we're getting a five-piece. Five, five piece. Yeah, exactly. Five I, look, I, again, I'm, I'm cautiously um, – I'm not there yet. I'm cautiously yeah. optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm going to go the other side of that. I think it looks like a 10-7 and seven team like that, like this week. And then – you know, you're an injury or two or some good luck away from making winning a playoff game or two. I think that's where I'm at still. I'll, they don't – they have a long way to go for me to think I'll they can say actually this, If they come out this week and C.J. Stroud has been lights out so far, you know, as a rookie quarterback, hasn't thrown an interception yet. If they come out this week, you know, you pressure him into an interception or two, which he hasn't done yet, and we actually move the ball again and score. Let's say we score anywhere between like 20, 24 and 28. Then I will go into the following week's game against the uh, Jaguars feeling a hell of a lot better than I do going into the game against the Texans this week. And yeah, and that'll be when and they that, kick me in the balls and get freaking yep. embarrassed on national TV. But, you know. <laughs> nah, it could be love it, it sets up for it but i think there's a couple things that y'all said that that kind of brought it into what i was going to say was my only uh, other takeaway was that like i love seeing 34 zip i love seeing us at least dip our feet in the water trying to even if we didn't do it the whole game we tried a couple things differently but there were a lot of moments in this game where i just couldn't help but think like yeah, we would not have gotten away yes, with, exactly, with that against exactly. another team. And, and you know, look, I mean, it's a good thing about that last game being the fifth one of our season. And, uh, you know, maybe some call it more difficult opponents or just <laughs> other opponents at this point coming up down the later down the road. And I agree with Nick's assessment about, you know, we have to kind of – take our own medicine at, at some points. We said it, that it wasn't, look, we weren't going to come out of the gates week one, week two, week three, maybe not even week four, looking the way that we're supposed to look on offense. And I'm not saying we looked we looked it in week five. We didn't. But even seeing, put it this way, we saw signs of life. You know, not saying there was some, like, big, bold, beating heart of an offense, but we saw signs There's a pulse. of a pulse. what could be. Now, now I agree with, and now I'm going to go ahead and, to your credit, Max, that could all come crashing down if we did what we did last year, <laughs> you know, and follow up the yeah. shutout with with a with a 
you know, laying an Red egg. zone offense is a huge but, thing for this team. But Red I think we're offense. set up. We're set up for success. That you want to talk about cliches? Like that's a cliche, but we are. I mean, we're set up to do it. Yeah, just gotta. Again, like it's like the Saints fan scaries. You know, just you you don't Corey, you don't ever. We're just trying not to peak early. You don't ever trust a fart, man. It's just uh, no, and that's the thing about the Niners. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people I've seen it, it a couple of times today, where everyone's like, "Look, the Niners are peaking early. They're gonna they're gonna slow down by the uh, by playoff time, and that's the worst thing." Like Nick said, you don't want to you don't want to peak in Look, the first five weeks. Yeah, Brock Purdy's gonna throw some interceptions. He's it's gonna happen right now. He All is right, so yeah. It's crazy. Right that that's gonna stop. It, it's just the I NFL's too a, good. There's a lot of QBs who could be undefeated. And, uh, no, I mean over his ten oh. game, yeah. So it, that's it, you have to give that's you have to give him it's credit impressive. at this point. Very, very I'm gonna impressive. Give him, I'm gonna give him his credit. I'll give him his credit on. I killed that Brock sure. Purdy right now. I trade Derek Carr for him in a second. <laughs> well, he's 24. I would too. All right, we <laughs> got to wrap this up. up. It's, yeah, uh, keep it moving. All right. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up. Our next one's gonna come at you with our uh, Saints Texans preview as the Saints head into Houston into H Town. Uh, we'll have some friends there present at the game, which will be a lot of fun to keep up with those developments. But uh, until next time, thanks again for listening to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. What a